Welcome everyone to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. Yeah. Hey everybody, we're back. We we certainly are. We are back from our lovely time off. We both had COVID. Yes, yes. The gift that keeps on giving. It it's one of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's one, it's one. <laughs> Yeah, from glory to glory. From- <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. So as I mentioned to you before, Steve, I was going to start off today. We're going to do um, Corinthians 2, Second uh, Corinthians 10, I mean, and um, that'll be good. But I was going to, I was curious because I thought, in all the time I've known Steve, I've never asked him how he became a Christian. Oh. With, oh, that's me. Right. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, no, I, no one cares how I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, everyone cares how you did. No one cared. Um, I became a Christian about when I was about 15 years old. And um, it was kind of the result of a couple things. One is my mom prayed incessantly for me. Two, um, even though he turned out to be kind of a cad in the end, my youth a leader was just a really formative guy at that age for me. Oh, and, okay. and and between those two things, it led me to a reasoning. I mean, and literally it was this in my mind. It was a reasoning that God is who he says he was. It's kind of like you and I have said many times of if he isn't God, what other hope do we have? Like we've got nothing. And our, at 15, I arrived to that sort of realization. If it's not God, we've got no hope whatsoever. So yeah, so that, that's, that's when I asked Christ into my life. Um, for a couple of years, it made almost no difference whatsoever. Because <laughs> I still did some things that I really shouldn't have done. And mom, I'm sorry if you're listening, but I didn't tell you half of those things. <laughs> and the other half you probably guessed anyway. So leave it at that. <laughs> so for you, it was in uh, in reality a mental um, choice. It was a it wasn't an emotional choice. It wasn't um, hardship in your life. It was just a, a realization that well, is something you should do. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, you know, I mean, I'm an ugly man, right? So I mean, there were some things that I realized that, you know, if uh, I, I needed God. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Were you six five at fifteen? Yeah, I was. I was six five at thirteen. Wow. But but yeah, it really was that simple. There, it was like if this. This is the only thing that makes sense. Now, remember, I was a child of the 80s, and there was a, a, I would say that there was a very rich Christian culture, especially in the lower mainland where I lived. So, now, there, what church, what church was it that you uh, became a Christian in? That would be the Evangelical Free Church. Oh, so, mm-hmm. so you stayed with the church that you became mm-hmm. a Christian in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's my parents that left me, and they left me at the free church, and they went to other churches. So <laughs> it's a true story, actually. True story. Well, that's because, like, I became a Christian in a Pentecostal church, hmm. and I stayed with the Pentecostals all along after that as well. Yeah. Now, part of that was my friends were were in that church. Yep. Right. And so, so that's kind of intriguing. So there, there was no. I didn't, you know, mentally decide. You know the Presbyterians were were more intellectual than us, and I should join them. I just kind of stayed with the one I had. Yeah, yeah. Because Pentecostals are not are not intellectual as a group. 
Right. Um, there are intellectuals amongst us, but um, really to be Pentecostal, you you just have to follow more of a moral code <coughs> um, to the outside world. Then you, know, you have to appear moral. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's not far off any evangelicals, I find. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, because for us, you know, if you, you know, if you didn't smoke or drink, you were probably, you know, you could, you could get away with acting like a Christian. Well, and, and don't you think that's the time that you and I grew up in, where that line has very much been blurred now? Oh, very much so. Except that, I, you know, I'm, because I'm a decade older than you, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm from the 70s, so I'm... Uh, I'm international and um, egalitarian and idealistic. Mm. Where you were 80s, which was which was a more brutal time than the 70s, as yeah. far as yeah. you know, people were more business minded. I, I'd say in the 80s. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, and and the the faith reflected that. Yeah, but in our time, of course, you know, um, we thought we thought extramarital marital or premarital sex was wrong, mm-hmm. um, and now Christian kids. They they just move in together and live together and they're Christians still, but they don't they don't have any issue with that. Yeah, yeah which makes them more like the Corinthians, because in First Corinthians, remember Paul said you need to be um, a, a one woman man. He didn't say you need to be a husband of one wife, which is the way we translate it. Yeah. He actually says you should just have one woman, because the Corinthians weren't really into marriage. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember we talked about that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And he would say, he would say, just stay with that one person rather mm-hmm. than rather than go through a, you know, a, a Jewish method of, of marriage, which was a really strict, you know, betrothal um, system. Right. Yeah, it's kind of neat, eh? Yeah. But I, I was I was always kind of curious. I was curious just re- not always because I never asked you before, but I was kind of curious, <laughs> you know, like some people come through really rough times. They have yeah. they have. You know, and um, I didn't either. I had a great dad. He treated us really well. He, you know, he yelled at us a lot and told us we were idiots. But then that was that was my <coughs> mom. My mom balanced that by telling us we could do no wrong and we were fabulous. Yeah. And I, I kind of leaned toward my mom on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I should say I'm the child of divorce, but that that happened five years before that, and it wasn't that wasn't a formative thing into me finding Christ. It was a formative thing, I think, for my my mom in terms of, of her turning to faith and that, you know, kind of permeated throughout the rest of the family. But um, where I had a mother and father that stayed together and my mother would make my dad so mad, he would march out of the, leave the house. He'd be so angry and she would just giggle. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Didn't bother her in the least. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm really good with it. Your father will be back one day. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 Well, he's a Dutchman and, and, you know, they're known for just yelling and screaming and and being angry. Anger, anger is, is the go-to position of of the Dutch. (laughs) So so anyway, anyway, uh, well, thanks for telling me that. And now today, this isn't a huge one. It's, it's a fairly, it's a big enough chapter, but Paul is now just getting ready um, this is the beginning of, of the defense of his ministry. So this, this chapter is actually called the defense of his ministry. Hmm. But the actual defense is in the next chapter and the one after that. So, so he's just kind of getting them ready. And then, then he's gonna, he's, it's amazing what he's going to do next week. But this week is just preparation for that. Okay. Laying the foundation. Yeah. So if you want to read the first thing, we'll go through it. All right. 
Folks, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Now, don't forget, before you do this, Steve, yes, sir. don't forget, he just finished spending two chapters talking about um, that they should be giving money. Mm. And now, now he's come, completely shifted gears and gone back to three chapters ago when he was start when he was defending himself. Mm. Remember, he's defending himself against people that are saying that he's a, a pretty poor excuse of a pastor. <laughs> oh, nothing's changed in the church, has it? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the flock. <laughs> Okay, first, sorry, Second Corinthians 10, verse 1. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be toward some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Yeah, so... So see the argument that they've been using against him. So you're you're it, it's the old um, Bob Newhart one-sided conversation, right? <laughs> where, where you don't know what they're saying, you just know what Paul's responding hmm. to. Um, if you remember Bob, he did that one with the guard with King Kong on the building, <laughs> talking to the police. And Paul's doing the same thing. He says, he says uh, when he says, I'm timid with you face to face, that's that's the argument they're using against him. Oh, look at this guy. You know, when he was here, you know, he was nice to you and he was good to you. And then he gets away and he, and he just rips you apart. So it points to that letter that he wrote again. Mm. Remember that one that's missing? That missing. Where letter, it yeah. sounds like he really got after them in that letter. And so here he's backing off and saying, hey, hey, um, I know they say I'm not bold. I'm actually preparing preparing you so that I don't have to be as tough on you when I come as I'm expecting. Remember, he said, I didn't even come this time mm. because because I was so frustrated with you. And, and I didn't want that kind of anger to come out when I was with you. So I, I skipped you when I said I was going to come. Yeah. And and now I'm going to come back. I will be bold with these guys. Like yeah. like don't get me wrong. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for what I believe. Hmm. I'm not going to be a pushover like they're saying. Um, but also remember that that our weapons are divine. Hmm. So when he talks about we're, we're demolishing arguing, arguments and pretension, the pretense that they have, right? We're taking our thoughts into captivity. He's saying these are the weapons of Christ. This, um, this uh, bringing your thought into captivity and, and watching your words mm. and arguing properly, mm -hmm. these, are, these are the weapons of God. Now, in, in, um, in Ephesians, he's going to say, well, these weapons, you know, the helmet of salvation and, you know, the breastplate of righteousness and the, yep. the sword of the spirit and all those things. And, but here he's saying um, the way we respond to people is, is very much a part of what God wants us to do. Mm. And that's what I'm doing. And, and we're going to bring, we're going to, we're going to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And then we're going to pu punish the disobedience afterwards. Okay. It's kind of a weird thing. He says, we'll be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll wait till you get it right. And then we'll tell you how you got it wrong. <laughs> That's right. Like the comedian said, I don't like to eat reformed ham. I hate to, I hate to butcher them after they finally got their lives together. He's <laughs> almost saying that, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. All of that's fantastic. Okay, folks. Verse seven. You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the thor- the authority God the Lord sorry I'll get this the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down I will not be ashamed of it I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters for some say his letters are weighty and forceful but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing such people should realize that when <laughs> what we are in our letters when sorry such people should realize that we are in our letters when we are absent. We will be in our actions when we are present. Can, can you imagine the way this pastor must be feeling? Oh, geez. Like, like, <laughs> like these guys, they're attacking everything about him yep. all the time, right? Yeah. Um, leadership uh, is the same today as it was then, as mm-hmm. you just said. And and that's what he's saying. He's saying, he's saying I know. He, I wonder if he's almost sorry he wrote this stupid letter. You know? um, since it's not in our Bible, maybe it wasn't of God. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we can say that, eh? The uninspired yeah. word of God. <laughs> that's, that's right. This one, this one was just Paul. <laughs> yeah. But but he almost sounds like like ah, oh, why did I ever write that letter? These guys are killing me with that letter, and I'm and I'm trying to say, you know. Um, so even if I boast freely about the authority the Lord gave me, which he's going to do in the next chapter, mm-hmm. right? He's building toward that. Um, we're, we're not tearing you down, guys. We're not. Um, and they say my, my letters are weighty, <laughs> but I'm really unimpressive. Uh, you know, thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah. He always, maybe that's why we get this impression he's um, kind of a, a small, ugly man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy, right? Like, yeah, I know. I know. Stumbling along through this world. But he's trying to say, hey, listen, when we come back, uh, I, I promise you my actions will be similar to, mm. to what, what you would expect. Mm. They, they will, I will not be unimpressive if I come back. It's almost like Jesus coming back as the lion, you know. <laughs> yeah, when I come back, you, you just wait and see, boys. You just wait <laughs> yeah. and see what, what I'm bringing. Yeah. But remember, we did say from Revelation that he was every bit as powerful as the lamb as he was as the lion. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the lamb that that delivered us from our sins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to rest in that thought for just a second there. Verse 12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits but we'll confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. We are not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did not get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of the work done by others. Our hope is that, as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will be great, will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory, but 
Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. So, so he's saying to them, of course, he's saying, these guys are measuring themselves <clears throat> by themselves. They're, they're not measuring themselves by God's standard. They're measuring themselves by themselves. And of course, they can, they can seem as powerful as they want in that kind of a way. But, but we're not going to do that. And then he says, we're not going beyond our proper, uh, the proper limits. And we're confining ourselves to the sphere that God assigned us to. And he makes it very clear that the Corinthians were part of the work that God had us assigned him to. Mm. So he is, he is completely supporting his own duty as a pastor. Mm. Like, like I'm not going beyond what I have to do, but you are what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so don't lose sight that, that I am here for you. And he says, we're not going too far in our boasting. If that were the case, that would be the case we'd not come. Um, for we did get as far as you with the gospel. So we, we, brought, we brought the gospel to you. I brought the gospel to you. I know I actually care about what happens to you. Hmm. Like, he, he's not, he's really not treating these people as badly, like the, the super apostles, as badly as he might. Right. He's going to do that in the next chapter a little bit. Right. But, but right now he's not. He's, he's staying with the group that he wants to support. It's almost like anytime you get a, a contractor, they say the last contractor was crap and did everything <laughs> poorly. Um, you know, and, and they're the only ones who could do things right. And, and Paul's not doing that. He's saying he's not talking about them. He's just talking to this group of people that he cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, for we do not want to boast about our work already done in someone else's territory. I, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not boasting about someone else's work. I was the guy who brought you to the Lord. Right. You know? Right. Um, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And I am not even saying it's me. I'm saying this was Jesus' work, and I'm just right. serving him. Right. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk to you guys. Um, just hang in here with me for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one who Lord, the Lord commends yeah. So I'm not building. I'm not building myself up. And yet, in the next chapter, he's totally going to do that. He's going to do it for a whole chapter. Just talk about how fabulous he is. And <laughs> yeah. and he does it almost. And he keeps saying, "I'm almost embarrassed to say these things, but these are the things that I have done." Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what he's preparing us for. And he and he's just telling these guys again. Look, guys, you were my church. I do love you. I do care about you. I will come back. I will talk to you. I'm sorry about that letter that I wrote. Kind of sorry. It needed to be written, but I'm I'm kind of sorry about the uh, fallout of that. Yeah. But I am going to come back. Yeah. Sorry that you have hurt feelings, but yeah. And this area beyond, um, the commentators think that he was pre- that was a preparation for him to go to Spain. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so that, and that was also why I was kind of curious as to why you, you came to Christ because, because that's kind of a part of what's going on here. Yeah. Cause we yeah. are that outgrowth, right? Of Why did we come to Christ? Who, who, who led us to Christ and, and what responsibilities do they have to us? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's interesting to think about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my friend, thank you for that. That was fantastic.
we, we, like you said, we see Paul laying the foundation. And then in 11, he'll turn around and go, now that I've said all that. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you how great I am. Here's, here's me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this. I'm a fool to say this stuff. Yeah. But, but this is who I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know who you're talking to is kind of a, what he's starting off with. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So. Oh. Well, folks. So good to be back with you. From Larry and I, we've missed you over the Christmas break, but we're glad to be doing this again. And you will find us again in a week's time when we pick up 2 Corinthians 11 here on the Apocalypse Podcast. So until then, I'm Steve, he was Larry, and this 